You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Hello and welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Business Talk Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. This is Orange County's longest running business talk show. And man, do we have a good show planned for you. Farrah Khan, who is the founder of Horizon Consulting and also the mayor of Irvine, is our guest today. Welcome to the show, Farah. Hi, Rick. Thank you. It's great to be here. It's good to have you here. Uh, let's get started with the business side of your profession. Horizon Consulting has been in business for just about a year. So tell me, what was your original motivation as an entrepreneur to start this business? You know, I was really looking for flexibility. Uh, as you can imagine, uh, being a mayor for a city as big as Irvine is um, is a full-time task, but at the same time, it's a part-time position. So many of us on the council do hold jobs, but um, having a traditional job doesn't really fit in with the demands of being a mayor. So uh, let's talk about the business. What does uh, Horizon Consulting do? So we are um, recruiters. So we do executive recruitment. Um, we provide good, you know, reliable employees. Um, focusing mostly in uh, accounting, uh, we do a lot in the solar energy spectrum, and uh, as well as uh, with attorneys as well. So uh, those are the three main areas that I've been focusing on lately. So why those three? You know, that's just what I started off with. So okay. uh, as soon as I started the business, uh, I had some folks in the accounting business that reached out. Um, and then had a few of the solar companies reach out as well. And so it just, it was organic. It, it, it happened um, just by word of mouth. So I, it's, it's my belief that we learn a lot by doing as entrepreneurs. So I'm wondering, have you, uh, what have you learned in the year plus since you started this business? Any pivots in it, major or minor? You know, with any business, um, you know, my husband and I, uh, we are, we run, we ran a restaurant before. So with any business, the success of your business really depends on how much time and energy you put into it. And so, um, for me, it, it's balance. It's a balancing act between, uh, my role as a mayor and, uh, being able to, um, hopefully grow the business. Uh, it's still in its infancy right now. So, uh, really excited about the opportunity to watch it grow. It must be a challenge, though, Farah, to donate, to dedicate the kind of time required to scaling up a startup company while also meeting the demands of being the mayor of Irvine. Exactly. It is, you know, and that's why it's been a slow process. And um, again, for, for people that are in uh, business for themselves, that's something that you just have to understand. Uh, like I said, you can grow your business uh, fast uh, if you're putting that amount of time and energy into it. Or for me, knowing that I can't put that amount of time and energy, I know it's going to be a slow but long process. So uh, tell me a little bit about the restaurant that you and your husband owned and ran. So, you know, my husband, he's a chef, and um, we uh, started off with our um, trucks. We did some food trucks. We had a couple mm. of restaurants. Um, and just, you know, it's uh, we had one in Irvine. And so I was the one that I was actually running the one in Irvine up until 2015 and uh, it's a lot of work it's it's uh, 24 hours seven days a week it's 
you know, if someone calls in, you're there. If um, anything happens, you're there. So it's it's almost like having a baby. You just you're, you're constantly taking care of it. And are they still open, the restaurants? Uh, we've actually sold a couple of ours. So um, right now we're sticking to just the food trucks. So you're still running food trucks? Yes. Okay. I, I'm curious about all businesses. I hadn't planned to talk to you about this, but you opened the door. So I, I'm just... Um, what has that business been like throughout the pandemic? It's, you know, it's this business, uh, and I'm not in it anymore. My husband's running it on his own. Um, it, it's gone through the recession, and we survived it. Um, and again, now with the pandemic, with being shut down for a prolonged period of time. Uh, and again, the most important thing about business is um, when you have employees, you, we basically treat our employees like family. And so mm-hmm. even during the recession, when things were basically closed, we saw our counterparts shutting down. Um, we basically survived by you know, making it a, a community thing. We were feeding each other, making sure our employees were going home with food. Um, that's one of the easiest things to do is make sure that people have food on the table. Um, and at the same time, now with this pandemic uh, being shut down, making sure that we were on top of taking care of our employees. Um, we've had employees that have been with us since the very beginning when we first started in 2004. And, and that's really because it's the atmosphere that you create for, for those that are working with you. Um, they're an asset. And so the, the amount of time and effort that you put into your business, you want to put into your employees as well. Because at the end of the day, uh, the longevity of an employee really depends on how you treat them and how you take care of them and and understand that while you're going through those financial ups and downs, they are too. That is so true. And that um, that is a common but important, I think, distinction between entrepreneurs and maybe employees is the willingness that entrepreneurs have to sometimes take money out of their personal wealth to put back into the business to allow the business to exist many times to the benefit of the employees. It's it's sometimes Absolutely. unappreciated or un, at least they're unaware of it, uh, but th- that you're not our first guest on Critical Mass Business Talk Show who's talked about an experience where they had to pull from their personal wealth to make sure that the employees were okay during tough times. So I applaud what you and your husband are doing to keep your businesses healthy and keep a good culture there. I'm, I'm wondering, as an entrepreneur, Fair, where, where do you go to gain access to other entrepreneurs who have experiences and insights that might help you to grow and scale your business? You know, you can find uh, a lot of opportunities um, in your local chamber of commerce. Um, but even outside that, for me, with this consulting business, uh, I found other recruiters um, that have a network of their own. And so, you know, there's monthly meetings that take place where we're just kind of sharing ideas. Uh, what's uh, a hot topic to talk about, and even sharing resources. And I think that's really important in the business industry, especially for small business, self-employed folks, to have that network of people that they can rely on. Uh, that is absolutely true. And um, I'd like to, if you're open to it, I, I, I'd like to talk to you a bit about your position as the mayor of Irvine. Sure. So, so let's start with what was your interest to, to run for a local office and elected official? You know, uh, it kind of came organically. I never thought that I would ever be in political office. Um, uh, not the best public speaker, uh, don't like being in front of people. But at the same time, I think 
you know, with my shift in career, I started off as a regulatory affairs manager for a biotech company um, and then helped my bus uh, husband with the business side of things and then ended up being an executive director for a nonprofit. And during that role, really got involved in the community um, in our area and region and got to hear from people firsthand uh, some of the issues that they were facing uh, that weren't really being dealt with, uh, with from people that were elected to represent the folks. And so I ended up showing up at city council meetings during public comments and kind of sharing my insight and what was needed uh, to basically a council that was non-responsive. Mm -hmm. And so I became a little more involved um, uh, in, in politics by volunteering on local campaigns, hoping to get good people elected that would be good representatives. And it wasn't until 2015 I was, uh, you know, volunteering on a campaign and, um, you know, just blurted out, maybe I'd be interested in running. And um, the response I got wasn't very positive. And so, you know, <laughs> it was more like, you know, Irvine isn't ready for so much diversity and leadership. And uh, someone with a late name like mine was unelectable, which really kind of got me thinking, like, if I'm hearing this in 2015, um, what, what are our future generations going to hear? And, and so, you know, it's, it's that if you want that change, you sometimes have to put yourself out there to to, to create the change. And so um, in 2016, I decided I was just going to throw my name out there and run for a council. I didn't win that year, but I did, uh, you know, create a lot of um, a lot of community support. And, and people really saw me as someone that came from within the community uh, that was, um, you know, that knew the neighbors and, and the issues that we were facing. So when I ran again in 2018, um, I won, um, came in first out of 11 candidates. And is that how you become mayor by getting the most votes or how does Irvine handle the mayoral position? And the mayoral um, election is separate. So oh. in 2018, I got elected to council. And then in 2020, I ran for mayor and, and won um, the mayor seat. Okay. Uh, so if I understand correctly, you're the first woman of color to be a mayor of Irvine? Yes. And you're the first Muslim to be the mayor of Irvine? Yes. So I find it really fascinating that you heard earlier that maybe the city wasn't ready because maybe people who live in Orange County probably are aware of the diversity that exists within Irvine. But, you know, this is a global platform we're on, so maybe people don't understand. But Irvine has a it is a very diverse uh, population and community, correct? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And besides uh, the two Korean mayors that we've had in the past, uh, both male, uh, really, when I ran, um, there was no diversity on the council. In fact, in 2018, when I was elected, uh, so was Anthony Kuo, uh, who was the first Chinese uh, American to, uh, to hold a seat uh, on the city council. And Irvine has, a, for those that are familiar with uh, Orange County, Irvine is a, is a very prominent city. It's one of the larger cities by population, correct? It is, yeah. Yeah, I think we're the third largest in Orange County. We're like 2,000 people behind Santa Ana. And mm -hmm. so we might have surpassed that already because we're growing day by day. Right, and it's it's been recognized historically as one of the safest cities of its size, not just in California, but in the country. Nationwide, right? 16 Nation years in a row. That's pretty impressive. So as the mayor, your, what is your charter as the mayor of such a significant city? It's really, you know, building on policy 
um, th that's really going to sustain the city uh, economically and environmentally for years to come. Um, taking care of things that, you know, residents bring forward, uh, making sure that we have, you know, pothole-free roads, um, making sure that as we're developing, that we're really taking care to develop according to the needs of the community. And, and right now, you know, in the past, what we've seen is there's been a focus on affordable housing. There's been the market rate housing, but what we missed out was on the middle, middle income housing, and that's your workforce housing. And so now, as we are charged um, with building more, uh, we're going to be focusing on uh, making sure that people that are working in Irvine are able to afford a, to live in Irvine. I think it's really fantastic that the mayor is also a business person who has a history of being an entrepreneur and a family that are entrepreneurs. I think that is important in a city such as Irvine that has a pretty significant business base housed within your Absolutely. city limits. Absolutely. I mean, one of the first things that um, uh, I did when I was elected mayor was uh, put together not only the COVID-19 task force with our health professionals, but also a business reopening task force with our business community to make sure that everyone was on the same page. They had the necessary tools to reopen and be successful and thrive. Um, again, taking care of that balance between residents and businesses. So that you opened the door to another area of conversation, which I'm curious about. How how has how has COVID impacted the operation of the city services and the structure of the council and the things that you're dealing with as the mayor? So you know, a lot of a lot of things we realized. Um, some things we already were doing online um, as far as our business permits and things like that went, but we were able to then kind of convert into making sure that all our, our building permits and um, you know our processing permits were able to convert to online because people couldn't come to City Hall anymore. And so since City Hall was shut down, we were online, uh, our um, services became online, but at the same time, we were very careful about opening those doors as soon as it was safe to do so, because, you know, as people were getting back to work, uh, they needed childcare. We wanted to make sure that there was childcare available throughout the city. Uh, we want work very closely with our childcare providers to make sure that they had the resources and, and the tools necessary to open back up. And, and again, you know, it, it's all about making sure you are communicating with the right people in the industry. Um, one of the best things that, you know, I get to do in my role is keep in touch with people. And that's something that I enjoy doing is making sure I know what's going on from, you know, someone down the street to someone that's uh, struggling to keep their doors open and making sure that they have what they need so that they are successful, uh, especially coming out of this pandemic, uh, you know, reaching out to the state and the county and bringing back those um, funding sources that provided grants to our businesses. That was very important, and, and those were calls that I had to make. And so uh, you informed me at the top of the show before we went live that you're actually in D.C. for a mayor's conference, and that's part of the responsibility of being the mayor of Irvine, I take it? Exactly. I'm coming out here and weathering 38 degrees right now, which is not fun. <laughs> I hope you have the clothes for it because, you know, we in Southern California, we don't always have the heavy jackets. We don't jackets. have the right clothes, no. no. But I've got <laughs> okay. a big jacket. Okay. Well, I, I think that's fantastic. And we were talking about the contingent of mayors from California that are re represented there. 
most populous state in the union. It's great that we have our representative officials out there kind of networking and working on our behalf. So thank you for doing that. In addition to scaling and growing your own business, that's vitally important for you. What's the future that you see for your consulting company? You know, I'd, I'd love to um, spend a little more time with it and, and grow it so that we're able to serve more industries, which I know we can because, uh, you know, with my connections, I, I know people in just about every industry that's out there. And so uh, it, it's, it's really rewarding seeing someone get the job and, and seeing them thrive and, and making that connection happen. And it's really it's about one... finding that good I'm fit, sorry. not just based on qualifications, but also on the culture of of the organization that they're going into. I'm, I'm sorry for talking over you, but I thought I had to respond because I think one of the most important things we can do for people is to help them to find a good job that's also that fits them from a rewarding point of view, especially now post, I can't say post pandemic, but you know, kind of where we are with the pandemic. I think a lot of people have reevaluated um, where they worked and the kind of work that they did. So this must be interesting times to be in your field, I would think. It is, you know, it's interesting because I hear from a lot more uh, the interest of working from home, working remotely. And, um, you know, it, it's some employers offer it, some don't. And so we have to find that, find that um, right place. You know, if, if someone is not willing to go into work, then, you know, if the, if the employer only wants someone in person, then maybe that's not a good fit. Because you know off the bat that those interests are not matching up. It's interesting because I was just talking with another entrepreneur earlier this week that during the interview process uh, before COVID, having a, having a prospective employee ask you about what's your policy on coming to work would not have even probably been, for most companies, a conversation they would be willing to have with a right. candidate. But in today's environment, I think, to your point, it's a critical decision point for many employees. It is. Absolutely. Your profession interests me because on one side, you need to have the companies that want to use your services to fill openings. And then on the other side, you need to have the candidates who are capable of being able to fill those positions. So you really right. have... You have two things you're working on simultaneously. It's a challenging. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll tell you, I'll go through at least 20 candidates um, to find that one good fit. So, there, you know, I'm old enough to remember post Great Recession, there was the conversation about the jobless recovery, that the, the economy was recovering, but there weren't the jobs being created, maybe as in past recoveries. And this this one seems to be inverted. And yes. it's a lot more jobs than candidates. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's interesting right now because it is taking people a lot longer to fill positions. And uh, like I said, you know, uh, there's plenty of great candidates out there, but they're also looking at, you know, what they want to do moving forward. Do they they don't want to go back to business as usual and 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 um, put in those um, the time and the, the hours um, at a location. They're looking at more flexibility because now. I think people are realizing that with that flexibility, they're able to spend more time with their families as well. And, and that's turning out to be important for them. Yes, the realization of the value of that is this idea of work-life balance. You know, I host uh, periodic roundtables with CFOs and CEOs talking about what we call wage inflation, which is the uh, accelerated pay, especially on, when they're recruiting 
uh, talent into their company. Uh, I don't know if the clients that you're working for are, are having this realization as well, but there seems to be across all job classifications uh, a desire on the part of the employees and the candidates for a higher pay than historically. We're definitely seeing that. We are. Um, you know, it, you get the top candidate that you want and then they come back and tell you, well, this other place is offering me this. And I'm like, come on, <laughs> go, back, go back to my my person and then see what I can come up with. But yeah, that, that's yeah. definitely happening there. It's it's a you know, it's an employee's market. Yeah. And my experience is it's a pendulum that swings back to, you know, during recessionary times when there's less job opportunities, it sort of goes to the employer during recovery times. It tends to move towards the employee. It's moved to the employee further than I've ever seen in my career, given all that has gone on and kind of what we've talked about today, Farah. So yeah. uh, good luck and success with you as you grow your firm, managing the two responsibilities in addition to being a uh, partner in other businesses and a spouse and all that you have in your personal life. I really appreciate you giving some of your time to be a friend of our program and to share your insights with my audience. Well, thank you, Rick. This was wonderful. And I'd like to thank our audience for being a part of Orange County's longest running business talk show. Farrah's interview was episode number 1,339. If you'd like to connect with me, I'm Rick Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I, and that's my website too, rickfranzi.com. Farah, if someone would like to learn more about you, how do they find you? They can find me on LinkedIn, um, Farah N. Khan, or they can email me, uh, just a general email at info at horizonconsultingusa.com. Until the next show, I hope uh, all of your business decisions in the audience, and Farah as well, will move your companies in a positive direction. Mm -hmm.